happy Friday. I just finished the episode, so we're running a little bit late, but we're here. Love in Paradise, Season 2, Episode 6, Mixed Signals and Mixed Nuts. Welcome to the Melanated Way. I'm Linda Entwee. Y'all, I love this show. I love this show. I love this show. I love the drama of the show. It feels real, and I just, I love the show. I do. Do you guys love the show? Let me know. Hey, Crystal. Hey, girl. Hey. So let's start off with Danielle and Johan. So first of all, Johan, he's made it clear. Like, I don't know why we're even having all of these conversations because he's made it super clear what his intentions are. And so I don't understand why we're we're going through all this, but we're going to go through all this just for, you know, the show's sake. Amanda's in the house. Tanya's in the house. Amanda said, this stupid show is giving me everything. Amanda, it's everything. It's everything. <laughs> uh, Mandy says, hey, all I also love the show. I love it. I love it because it's all, it's all the real deal. Tanya, stay awake. You'll be okay. You'll be okay. Suck it up for 45 minutes. I think I can get through this in 45 minutes. So Danielle and Johan, she's been in the DR for five days. And, you know, it's been challenging. They, she's been doing all of her, you know, witchcraftery or, you know, whatever it is that we want to call it to make sure that her relationship with Johan is solid. You know, there's the banana tree, there's the eggs and the flowers and the fruits and the givings and all the things that her mentor is telling her that she had to do. Um, but again, there's, there's still issues in their relationship. Um, and part of her issue is that she, he didn't tell his best friends that he was getting married in a a few short days and she's about to, Hey Connie. And she's about to meet his family and there's all of that. So there's some things that are outstanding and you guys, you know, I don't know how many times I have to tell you all, but like we talk about it on our show all the time. There are certain things that you have to have the conversation before you get in a serious relationship, right? So like religion and children and and sex and family and children and all the things, you have to have those conversations. And if you're already resenting this dude, which she is, about money, then... I $200 worth of peanuts facts. If you're already having these issues with your dude or your partner, who whomever the case may be, then I, I feel like you need to take a step back and, and figure out, is this really what you want to do? So <clears throat> part of her problem, like Geek Girl said, was Johan... He's not, he ain't paying for shit, y'all. We talked about it last week. He ain't doing shit. He he knows what he has, what he doesn't have. He thinks that he has this American girlfriend that is rich as fuck. Because oftentimes in third world countries, if you live in the West, they feel like you're just rich, right? If you live in America, then you, you're a millionaire. And, and that's not the case. And definitely not the case with Danielle. But he feels like, you know what? She's American. She has to have money. So he's been hungry in the middle of the night. So he's eating all of the foods. 
from the mini bar and allegedly according to danielle he's eaten 200 dollars worth of peanuts <laughs> and <laughs> they're leaving the hotel and the bill says from the mini bar hey you you have this 200 dollar bill and she's like well what what have you been doing and he's like well you know at 4 a.m i'm hungry so i'm eating these peanuts and if i'm hungry at 4 a.m i'm gonna eat that's what he says Right? So he doesn't have a problem with it. He's like, what's your problem? If I'm hungry, I'm six foot, whatever, six foot two, six foot five, whatever. He's super tall. I'm assuming high metabolism. I'm assuming as a trainer, you know, he's got to eat every so often. And so he's like, I'm going to eat these peanuts. And she's not having it because that's $200 out of her pocket and not out of his pocket. And she's a little pissed off. And, you know, if you travel you know that the mini bar is not where you want to really be, right? The mini bar is going to be 10 times the expense of anywhere else. So if you're going to go to, if you're in New York, you're going to be at the bodega, grab yourself some peanuts, grab yourself some alcohol so that you don't have to pay for the 10 time version of what you're eating at the mini bar. It's convenient. You're paying for convenience. And you would think that Johan working at a hotel would know that but then again he works at the hotel he doesn't like stay at the hotel so maybe he doesn't know but in my mind you guys i know he knows he just thinks like danielle's rich so 200 dollars is nothing to her she's already paid for this whole wedding she's already paid for you know my wedding outfit all the things so he he ain't tripping y'all he ain't tripping She's paid for the meal. She's paid for the trip. She's paid for the hotel. What is $200 in peanuts worth? $200 in peanuts is nothing. Oh, anyway, Danielle's pissed. She's like, I don't want to pay. I don't want to pay. I don't want to pay $200 for peanuts. I don't want to pay for it. I get it. It's like a, a yin and yang thing. Like, I'm hungry. I'm going to eat some peanuts. I don't want to pay for the peanuts. The peanuts are $200. You have $200. I don't have $200. I don't want to pay $200. You know, it's like a whole, it's a whole issue. <laughs> Geek Girl says she never noticed him eating them and she was supposed to avoid peanuts according to her advisor. And Amanda said, you know, production was like, hey, Joanne, eat all the peanuts. And he was like, say no more, fam. <laughs> These are all facts. These are all facts. These are all facts, right? So $200 in peanuts. Think what you want. Do what you want. It's 4 a.m. You've been out having drinks and dinner it probably makes sense that you want to have some peanuts when you come home, right? Perhaps. I don't know. I'm just saying. $200 in peanuts is a lot. And I can understand why Danielle doesn't want to pay $200 in peanuts because remember she paid for his um, his suit for the wedding and it was like 150 bucks or whatever and she paid for the deposit and then he didn't have the $61 left to pay on the deposit so she's going to have to pay for it. So, like, 
you're paying like roughly $150 for a suit for your potential husband. And then again, you're paying $200 for peanuts. Ah, ah, wait up, you guys. An outfit for your wedding, $200 in peanuts. Ah. Ah. Amanda says, husband Amanda always takes things from the mini bar. It's one of my peas. Listen, y'all. If you travel a lot, you know that the mini bar, Raydella, we love you. Raydella, we love you. Raydella, we're trying to get our shit together, but we really can't. I, I'm going to go ahead and call Crystal out because I, I put Crystal in charge. <laughs> Crystal, don't come for me. I'm just saying on, you know, the social medias that I put. Okay, guys, if you don't know what I'm saying, so, like, we have the show, we have a Patreon, and we also have, like, a bunch of group chats. And there's a bunch of group chats that have, like, different Patreon members in it. And I just found out recently that there's a group chat that, you know, I'm I'm the show, but there's a group chat that I'm not a part of. They have their separate Patreon members only without the host of the show in the Patreon that, you know, I was like, wait, what? You guys are all, like, hooked up? And <laughs> you're all hooked up, and I don't know what you're talking about. Y'all talking shit about me? I don't, I don't even know. However, there's one person that I talk to very regularly, which is what you see, who's running. Run, girl, run! Run, girl, run, who who I, I have direct access to. So midwife Crystal, who I love dearly, you guys, she, you know, if you're having a baby, you need to hook it up with midwife Crystal, the nurse, the midwife, all the things. You know, she's the same person that told me that I'm getting old. I have to have a baby in the next two years, all the things. So <clears throat> I told her that she's in charge and it's it's been a little like dicey because you know, I'm dicey in the sense that I'm doing the most all the time. Um, but that being said, Raydella, we love you and we're gonna get our shit together somehow, some way. Amanda <laughs> uh, said we're hooked up and cooking up. That part. That part. That part. Listen, y'all. Totally off topic. And I'm about to like get back on topic, but totally off topic. Uh, I did a press junket yesterday. Vivica A. Fox is starring and executive producing a four-part movie series for um, the Lifetime Movie Network called uh, Keeping Up with the Joneses. And I was like, ah, it's going to be ah, whatever, whatever, whatever. Ah. Y'all. Y'all, this this four part series is amazing. It's amazing. It's so good. If you know anything about me, you know that I love telenovelas. This is a true telenovela. It has five black women as leads, and I can't say more. It it was so good. And they had like the red carpet that I covered. They have an after party that I covered. 
And a lot of, it's so interesting because like in Los Angeles, everyone's a celebrity, right? And you forget, at least I forget who the celebrities are. And a lot of these people, since I've been here, have come up and, you know, Vivica is one of them and there are a lot of other people. And and I have to tell you that uh, one of the girls that I interviewed is from Love and Basketball and she's from the South, you know, that Southern hospitality. And she's been like super fantastic and her season's coming up with a bunch of drama. And so I have like the inside scoop about all of that stuff. And I just, it was just a good time. It was just a good time. It was just a good time. And basketball wise, facts, basketball wives, if you don't watch it, you should watch it. I have some inside scoop that I'll, I, I will be sharing on my personal page. Linda's so girly. Um, but one of the things that I thought was so moving you guys, and especially for anyone that's like in the creative field, anyone that is um, in the gig community where you go from gig to gig to gig, uh, one of the things that I should have pulled it up. I didn't think I was going to talk about this, but one of the things that Vivica said that I thought was so powerful is she talked about how she had been in the industry for so long. And there was one point where she didn't think that she was going to make it. And so she was like, oh, my God, am I going to have to move back home, this and that? And I'll let you guys listen to this. I haven't posted this yet, so this is an exclusive. Um, But I want you to hear this because I want to encourage anyone who is on the grind, anyone that is pursuing their creative endeavors, anyone that feels stuck or, or all the things, I want you to hear this from Vivica, who, by the way, looks amazing. And I'll post this video on Linda is So Girly on my Instagram later. Um, she's 57, y'all, and she looks like she's 30. Um, but I, I want you guys to hear this at the very least. So 
I say all that to say, don't give up on your dreams and whatever it is that you're, you're pursuing, whatever industry it is, just keep going, keep going. Because here we have someone that we know very, very well who was pursuing her dreams and it's taken her some time. She's 57 years old and she's living the best life that she can live. That being said, um, let's get back into love and paradise. So Danielle and Johan are having some issues and she's super concerned about the fact that she has to pay for everything. Um, and he, and he's, he's pissed off. He's like, you know what? I get that you pay for everything. I get it. I know you have to pay for everything. I don't need you to keep telling me and reminding me that you pay for everything. I'm not an idiot. Right. So there's that part, but I was thinking, well, you know, your woman is paying for everything. How do you feel about that? And what are you saying about that? And what discussions are you guys having about that? But clear, because clearly Danielle is having some issues with that. And do you know she's having some issues with it? And what are you saying? Because if you're not saying anything, then that's part of the problem, right? And that's part of her resentment. If you're not be, if you're not thankful, if you're not like, hey, I, I get that I'm not making a lot of money, and I get that you're taking the brunt of all the res- financial responsibilities, and I appreciate you. And as soon as I make enough money, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take over, or whatever the case may be, or we're gonna equalize this, or whatever. If you're not having those conversations, which I, on our show, we talk about, you have to talk about finances. Because if you don't talk about finances, that's how you build resentment. And I'll tell you this, you guys, in in relationships and in marriages, one of the main issues on why people break up is finances. Because they haven't had the conversation. Have the conversation. Talk about how you deal with money, how you spend money, how you save money, how if this person wants to go back to school full time, you've got their back and then when they get then when they get their degree you know they've got your back all the things we look at the family Chantel and we look at what's happening with Chantel and Pedro and that's a clear indication of where they're butting heads because they didn't have the conversation Pedro feels resentment Chantel feels resentment you have to have the money conversations and they're not going to be easy, right? Because talking about money is never easy. It's not easy talking about money. If you're loaning money, if you're borrowing money, if you're in a relationship where you make more money or less money than the other person, but at the end of the day for the long term, you have to be open to having those conversations because if you don't have the conversations, you're going to end up where Danielle and Johan are. You're going to end up where Pedro and Chantel are. You're going to end up in a situation where you haven't had the conversation about money and therefore your relationship is breaking down. Krista says, if I travel and share a room with my brother, I ask him to remove everything from the mini bar when we check in. That's hilarious. So they're 
Danielle and Johan are leaving the hotel, and I was confused by this because I thought that it was like an Uber, right? Because Danielle is cleansing the car pre-Uber. She's like, you know, using, what is it called when you like, she's like saging the car, saging Johan, saging his feet, all the things. The Uber driver, I thought, was rolling his eyes. Like, what is this crazy Western woman doing? Johan even feels like all of her rituals are exhausting. But it wasn't an Uber because I think it was a rental car. Like, the guy was dropping off the car and had to, like, deal with with Danielle doing all these things. Because we see that Danielle ends up driving the car, which is, again, is something that I talk about often on the show because I don't understand it. So if you have, like... If you're the foreigner that's dating the person that lives in the country that you're visiting, why are they not driving? I just don't, I don't understand it. Do they not have a car? And even if you don't have a car, you're renting a car, you can add the person to the insurance, yada, yada, yada. No one's explained to me, like, why? So, so the foreigner is driving the car and she's staging the car and all the things, but why can't Johan drive? Does he not have a driver's license? Is that what it is? Like, I don't, I don't understand it because I thought it was an Uber, but it wasn't an Uber because when we saw them driving off, Danielle was driving the car and I was just like, wait, what's happening again? She's staging a rental car because she doesn't want to have whatever witchery, stuff that has gone on here like i'm just i'm trying to figure it out y'all i'm trying to figure it out and i still don't understand so if you guys are watching the replay if you guys are in the live live chat let me know why is the foreigner always driving the car and 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 really it's not just her right if we look at valentine and carlos same thing why is the foreigner like what are y'all doing you like I'm a foreigner, an immigrant, right? Living in America. But when my friends come over from wherever in the world, let's say one of my friends come comes over from Japan, I'm not going to expect them to drive me around. I live here. So, I'll pick you up in my car and I'll and I'll drive around. I'm not going to be like, "Hey, I'm going to leave my car here." You come get your rental and pick me up and drive me around the city that you don't know. I I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Yes, Vanessa, facts. Just buy the insurance on the rental and you don't have to stage it all out. (laughs) Those are facts. I don't understand. Right, and Geek Girl says, and how does he get to work every day? He said he works 50 minutes from his house. That's what I'm saying. Why Why is he not driving? Amanda says the same thing. How does he get to work if his house is 50 minutes away? That's what I'm saying, you guys. So, like, why is he not driving? We all have the same question. And, again, let's answer that question. Like, what's happening here? What's happening here? Someone answered answer the question, why are the foreigners always, like, renting the cars and driving over the person that lives in the country. It's really bizarre to me. And then you guys are going to have, like even Carlos and Valentino, y'all are fighting about driving, how fast you're driving, turn right here, turn left here. 
when if Carlos is the is the person that lives in the country, he knows where to go, then just pop him in the driving seat. I don't get it, Melody. Melody, you're funny. Uh, Geek Girl said, and he said she has to stage every room, car, and new place. Exhausting. Facts. So, anyways. She's cleansing the car. Whether it's a rental, an Uber, I don't know. But she was driving, so I'm just going to call it a rental. And five minutes into their car journey towards his house, um, Johan is eating the the $200 peanuts, the rest of the $200 peanuts that she's mad that she had to pay for. And she's pissed. She's like, and he offers her some, like, do you want some peanuts? And she's like, no peanuts for me. uh, Because her spiritual mentor said no for her spiritual health, for the relationship health, all the things. And we can't forget that, you know, last week she planted a banana tree with eggs and fruits and flowers and throwing stuff into the river and all this. I don't know. I don't know. And Danielle, I know you watch this show and I know you explained it to me, but you're going to just have to come on the show and explain it to everyone else because I don't think I can do it justice. All I know, Danielle, is that you're not supposed to eat peanuts. You were supposed to plant a a banana tree to keep Johan from his philandering ways. And then there was some fruit involved and there was some flowers involved. And there was like a sacrifice given to the gods and goddesses of the ocean and river. I know I'm not explaining it well. Danielle, come on our show and explain it to all of us. And and again, you guys, I read you one of the responses that she gave me. But I think that if she comes on the show, and I think you guys will, will agree with me, she will be able to explain it better than I can because right now it's it it it's like oh you can't eat peanuts because your spiritual advisor said don't eat peanuts and I don't even remember do y'all remember why she can't eat peanuts is it because of Johan's alleged philandering ways like what why couldn't she eat peanuts I couldn't I can't remember if you guys remember drop it in the live chat let me know in the replay. Um, yeah, Amanda said in eggs. Um, Crystal says, how many things have happened that has been against her spiritual guide person? Isn't that like a red flag? Um, and Vanessa says, come on, Danielle, we have questions. We do. And I don't want to answer the questions incorrectly. I think it was last week, was it Vanessa, last week that I read her response to her spiritual journey. I think I read that last week or it was the week before. But but now, like, I can't remember what the peanut thing is. And I can't remember how she feels about all the things that she has different spiritually, you know, with her future husband so we need to talk about it she absolutely needs to come on the show so yes vanessa i agree with you 100 percent um 
Crystal says, and it's also coming off as if she's making stuff as she goes. I don't remember that one. Maybe she can only have a particular nut that isn't peanuts. And Amanda says, that's why it's so funny. He ate peanuts and not like chips or gummy bears. And Mandy, thank you, Mandy. Don't forget to hit that like and subscribe, you guys. We're trying to grow. I guess a lot of people don't know that have a YouTube channel. So tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Like and subscribe. All the great things. I appreciate you guys and thank you for being here. Um, so they're in the car. Five minutes later, Johan's eating the peanuts, the $200 peanut. She's pissed off about it. She can't eat peanuts because her spiritual mentor said that it's not good for her spiritual health. Um, Johan thinks that some of the things that Danielle does for her spiritual life is crazy. He doesn't understand it because, you know, he's an Orthodox Christian and, and he looks at her as like a witch. He's, he's really about like traditional Christianity versus what he thinks is her witchcraft. And, um, she asked him to point blank, do you think your church has a problem with like my rituals and all of that stuff? And he's like, yeah. And then she's like, well, have you told them about me? He's like, no, I, I haven't told them about you because they would think you're a witch and that's not in line with, with our beliefs and witches from what I grew up knowing him being Johan what Johan grew up knowing is that witches eat children and kill newborn babies. And they're just, witches are bad. And his parents told him as a kid that there are witches that enter houses and suck babies' blood to have power to fly at night. And he's like, evil exists. And you guys, you know, I, I have Discovery Plus and I'm all about... I watch all the true crime on Discovery Plus, like all of them, to the point where, you know, when Discovery Plus says, oh, you like this, so you should watch this, it's all true crime. And when he said evil exists, it reminded me of the show that I watched that is about... Uh, The one that's like evil exists at home and the person didn't know, but they say, oh, but there were signs, dot, 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 right? And they say evil exists here. I want to tell you, evil lives here. Yes, evil lives here. And then they say, they say, but. So, so-and-so didn't know, but there had been signs. And today I, wa I, ca I caught up on... Evil lives here. Yes. Yes, y'all. That's the show. Evil lives here, but there have been signs, which is exactly what Johan said. Like, but there have been signs. So if you haven't seen Evil Lives Here, watch it if you're into true crime, because it's so good. I just caught up on the latest episode. And the latest episode made me so mad. You guys, I'm totally going off on a tangent, but I have to tell you. So this woman was married to, um, in essence, a serial rapist, right? So he started off as a peeping Tom. He was, like, tie tying her up. She didn't like it. But my question, 
and again, as a journalist, as an interviewer, as a person who asks questions, my question was, and again, if you haven't seen the latest episode, watch the latest episode, let me know in the live chat, let me know in the comments below. But my question was, why didn't she leave her husband? She kept saying, oh, I'm trying to find um, evidence against him so we can put him away. But all the years that she knew what he was doing, she never left him. She had a baby with him. She continued to she continued to live with him, and yet she never left him. And so I'm watching her testimonial, and my problem with her was like, okay, so you knew all the things that he was doing. You know who's an evil person, and you know that he was harming women, but you just stuck around. I I don't get it. I don't get it. So why not leave him? You even complained that when you had your baby, he left five minutes after you're having your baby because he was going to go troll and be a peeping Tom. And you knew he was going to do that. And you still didn't leave him. And then you show us pictures of your baby and him trick-or-treating on Halloween. And then you say he knows you know that he was like how like um scouting houses for potential his potential next victim and again you still didn't leave him i don't understand like you know all this is happening you know that you are married to a psychopath and you don't leave the psychopath but you say oh i'm just waiting to get enough evidence I don't get it. I don't get it because he wasn't harming harming you. Yeah, he tied you up a couple of times. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you still had the power over him. And you even said you had the power over him. And you even said, oh, you know, do whatever you want to do with me and don't do it with those other people. And he did. And you didn't like it. And he said it wasn't the same. Yet you didn't go to the police. I, I mean... You guys, I don't want to go on for 5 million hours because I can, but I will say this. She says she called the police and the police didn't, didn't back her up, but she also had the detectives that she met originally that were doing a search of her house. She had their business card. She didn't call the detectives. She called the random street police and they didn't know the story of her husband And so that's why it was a mess. So all I'm just saying is that, you know, if you know something, say something. And if you're having an issue in your relationship, then go ahead and go to the proper authorities. That's what I'm saying. And so I honestly don't even know how I got there from Johan and and Danielle. And I'm only on the the first part and I'm 40 minutes into it. Okay. So, um, Johan's parents basically told him as a kid that there are witches that enter houses to suck babies' blood so that those witches have enough power to fly in the sky. Um, and then he says evil exists. That's what, that's how I got on that, that tangent evil exists. Um, (laughs) 
So evil does exist, period. Moving on. Johan and Danielle have all the issues in their relationship, right? So they have trust issues, they have finance issues, they have fertility issues. According to Danielle, the $200 peanuts are an issue. The whole witches versus Christianity is issue. Eating babies is an issue. And so they've been fighting a lot about money and faith. And even though they're getting married in four days, they haven't come to a conclusion. They haven't come to a consensus about how they feel. And so, again, I tell you guys about how you have to have a conversation. You have to have those serious conversations. If you're not having the serious conversations about who, what, where, why, when, about love, romance, money, sex, children, religion, all the things, then how are you going to marry someone if you're not on the same page? I, I'm not married, but I also know the questions that I, I would ask if I was going to get married. And how are you going to be on two separate pages, especially about faith and children and money? You're going to get married in four days and you, you two are not on the same page with it? Okay, so Johan wants to live in America. He wants to send 100% of his checks for his under-the-table job back to the Dominican Republic. Then what? And then y'all have a baby. He's like, yeah, the baby's important, but my family's important too. So I make $500 a week. I'm sending $400 to my family, $100 to whatever bills. And you know $100 is not going to cover... A rent, the rent, the utilities, the water, the power, the food, the child in New York City. But he's already told you where he stands, but you all didn't have that conversation. It's fascinating to me. It, it really is. So <clears throat> they're getting married in four days. Um, they arrived to Johan's hometown, and she remembers being there before. It's poor. It's a poor area. There's no running water, and she just doesn't understand how that can be the case because most people who go to the Dominican Republic go to the resorts and they see that part, which is so true. Because when I was in, when I went to Jamaica last, uh, that was a couple of years ago. You know, anyone that's been to Jamaica, you know, when you when you get to the airport and there's shuttles everywhere. And, you know, they're already feeding you drinks. They're like, ooh, I'm on vacation. It's so good. It's hot. It's like it's a, it's an island. I'm having a great time. Ooh, all the stuff. You get on the shuttle to whoever I was at staying um, the last time I was there. I was at an all-inclusive, even the time before I was an all-inclusive. So whatever. You're staying at whatever resort, but you have to get to the resort. And getting to the resort, you look around and on, like, the right side it's beautiful ocean, but on the left side is like the real Jamaica, right? Where poverty exists, but they don't show you that part. And they're hoping that you're looking at the ocean and not at the poverty. And then when you get to the resort, it's all like they get you with drinks and, you know, flowers and your room and all the excursions you can go on and all the stuff. But then even when you go on the excursions, like I went on this ATV excursion. So you're going through, like, obviously, um, 
a pre-planned trail. But again, if you look to your right, it's all beautiful oceanside, um, hills and forests and all that stuff, foliage, all that stuff. But if you look to your left side, it's poverty. But that, they don't want you to see that part. And if they want you to see that part, it's only for a flash because you're, you know, you're driving through or you're ziplining through or you're, or you're driving through or whatever the case may be. And I feel like that's the case for Johan, right, in the Dominican Republic. There are oftentimes these beautiful uh, vacation spots. They show tourists and visitors what they want to see. Um, <clears throat> that being said, Johan, you know, works at one of the hotel resorts, which is one of the resorts that as a as a foreigner and a traveler we're going to stay at. And it's 50 minutes um, his hotel job is 50 minutes from where he lives. And where he lives, he lives at home. So he lives with his parents. He lives with four sisters and nieces and nephews. And anyone that can't fit in this house, they live nearby. His whole thing is family first. He wants to provide for his family. He wants to be the man of the household. He wants to make a better life for not only himself, but his family. And, you know, being with Danielle... She thinks that he thinks that she's a rich American and that she's whining and dining Johan. So not only that he can have a better life, but just because she's American and she can do it. That's the mentality that she thinks that they have, which she's not far off, right? Because oftentimes, like I said, in third world countries, they think that you have all the money because you live in the West. Um, we meet Mariella, which is Johan's mom, and she wants him to get married, have a new life in America. She talks about how living in Dominican Republic is different. It's all about the family. And Danielle's like, you know, I understand that. I understand that because in America, it's different. You get married, you create a new life in America for you and your spouse, and you move forward. But here in the Dominican Republic, it's all about the family. The family is connected and and you're not creating a new life. You're just adding more lives to your lives. And so she asked, like, to Mariella, what are your expectations? You know, do you want him to live here in the Dominican Republic or do you want him to live in the U.S.? Um, and she says, you know, living there is fine. And she co- talks about how her her aunt, which it would be Mariella's sister, said it would be good for him to live in the U.S. and to stay there. And when he comes back to the Dominican Republic, he can bring her some shoes, which I thought was so. What's what's it poignant? What's the word I'm looking for, you guys? It was so telling about what the family expects because it's really not about the shoes. It's about finally we have someone that's going to go to America and make all of our lives better. And so we want him to go there, live there, get a job there, make money, 
send all the money back so that we can all have better lives. And when he comes back, because I, I'm not sure for some of y'all that are not immigrants, but I'll, I'll speak from my personal experience. As an African, when you go back to Africa, you can't go back empty handed. So even if you bring small things, so for example, without getting too personal. Okay. So for example, going back to Ghana, you would want to bring treats like candies that they can't get there that some of your family members love and they know that they're in the the, the uh, West, so America, Canada, whatever. You want to bring some of the sweets. You want to bring um, like how, how can I explain like um shirts and and sweatshirts that have logos on it so definitely like anything nba or nfl because that's super popular you're going to want to bring any of the electronics because that's going to make you popular you're going to want to bring like um pencils and pens um what else like like shoes, like flip-flops and sneakers that are name brand like Nike, Adidas, all of the stuff. So, you know, when you see people traveling abroad like that and they have huge, they have two huge bags, one of the bags is all of their stuff and one of the bags is all of their gifts. That's part of the whole issue because you can't come empty-handed Yes, Lori, bring anything and everything. Thank you, Lori. That that part. That part. And Geek Girl says, we ship boxes to the Philippines with Disney stuff, Cali shirts, spam, peanut butter, that part. So, yes, going back to what Lori said, bring anything and everything. That part. As an immigrant, you understand. And it's a whole thing, Right. And I'm going to go off on a side note real quick because it's a show that I watch that I just absolutely love. So that being said, I watched this show on Hulu um, to catch a smuggler. If you guys haven't watched it, watch it. And the American version, eh, the Americans need to learn a lot about the Euros because there's to catch a smuggler Peru, there's catch a smuggler Brazil, there's catch a smuggler uh, Spain. All I've watched all of them. And all the Euros and South Americans, they know what to look for. They're just like on it. Boom, 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 boom. I'm looking for this. Yeah, you're a smuggler because of this, this, and this, and this. And I'm just saying like, as as a as a constant traveler, you're bringing in all this shit for your family because you know you have to. Like Lori said, you have to bring anything and everything. And one of the problems is some of these people, who I know they know better, but they're they're convinced by money to like, oh, bring in this food product, this food product, this food product. But this food product is filled with like cocaine. And they say cocaine, cocaine. 
I'm totally, I've watched too many episodes, but I always tell people, you know, and we all know this as experienced travels, don't travelers, don't bring shit in from people that you don't know. If some random, if your neighbor's like, oh, can you bring this to my cousin who lives in Brazil and you're going to Brazil? You just say no, because you don't know your, your neighbor like that. And you don't know what they are trying to bring you. They're trying to have you bring. And then when you get to the airport and they're like, oh, what is this? And you're like, I don't know. My neighbor wanted me to bring it for the cousin in Brazil. That's how you get caught with some bullshit. So just don't do it. You bring shit that you know that you bought with your own money. You have your own receipts. And that's the case. That's, that's it. That's all. However, I digress. I cannot believe that I'm still on Danielle and Johan. But. I'm teaching y'all lessons because <laughs> because it's important when you travel, don't bring shit from people that you don't know. Don't bring shit from people that are, are offering you money. And if you decide to like do that, make sure you open the package so that you know you know you're not a, a smuggler. <sighs> <clears throat> Yes, Crystal says, and the over-the-counter medicine in one place could totally be banned in another country. Lori says they prey on desperate people. That is facts. Uh, hey, Esfere. Hey, girl. Hey. Esfere is in Amsterdam. And let me tell you, even watching this show to, to catch a smuggler, a lot of that shit goes through Amsterdam, S4A. And I'll just say, like, I've been to Amsterdam many a times. And not only should you know the rules and regulations to the country that you're going to, but also, too, um, she says, you also need to go without telling anyone else from your region so you don't get asked to take stuff to their families, too. I'm just saying, yeah, know where you're going, know what you're taking, and don't be fooled by the nonsense. I think that's what S4A is in essence saying, which is what I'm saying too. Yes, girl. Listen, the best chocolates, I'm convinced, and S4A can, can confirm or deny this, but I'm convinced that 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 um, airport is 100% sponsored by Heineken because everywhere I go, I, I saw Heineken signs. Everywhere I went, every, every restaurant, eatery, bistro was all sponsored by Heineken. So that, so chocolates, Heineken, and the third thing that I would say that I, I got from Amsterdam <laughs> was probably like fresh flowers. Uh, Manny says, lovely airport, great chairs. They do have great chairs. They, they have great food too. They have great food too. Raydella says, watch uh, some of the YouTube videos from some of the foreign airports. It's enlightening. Facts facts. All right. I'm totally off topic. I'm already almost an hour in and I'm only on the first couple, you guys. Let me get back on track. Let me get back on track. So 
Uh, Danielle and Johan, that's who we were talking about. So, uh, you know, we talked about the mom, Mariella, saying, hey, my aunt says the best thing, aunt meaning sister, says the best thing for Johan is for him to live in the United States and send money back to the U.S. to support his family. Uh, <clears throat> saying that it would be good for him to stay stay in the U.S. and when he comes back, he can bring shoes. And that's how we got off on a tangent because shoes means more than just shoes. Johan says, yeah, you know, I want to live here in the Dominican Republic and I also want to live in the United States. Um, he has in his mind that he's going to work in the United States to help his family to live in the U.S. to make his dreams come true and have a better future, which, you know, excuse me, makes Danielle think like, hey, are you marrying me for me or are you marrying me for, quote unquote, a better future? And so Danielle's like, hey, listen, I don't make enough money for us to have two houses in two different countries. She personally wants to live in Dominican Republic. She wants to have a, a a slower lifestyle where it's warmer, it's easier. You know, New York is very difficult. It's very expensive. You know, you're spending $4,000 on rent alone. And plus she has a kid and she has all the other things that she has to worry about. And now she has a, a potential husband who wants to live in America that she's going to have to support for at least a year before he gets his green card. And he wants to, in essence, send any monies and all monies back to support his family. And she's like, nah, I'm not really trying to support your whole family. I can't afford it on my one little paycheck. So I would prefer to like come to the DR, do yoga on the beach all day. Been there, done that. She's in her 40s. She's, she's trying to wind down instead of being on the grind. And Johan, who, you know, I think he's 28. He's like not feeling it. He's like, I scored. I I got the American woman. She's paying for everything. I want her to continue to pay for everything so that any monies that I get, any little monies I can get, I can support my family that I live at home with. So I'm supporting my mom, my dad, my four siblings, my cousins my nephews, my nieces, all of the things. And Danielle is my way out, right? Um, but Danielle's like, no, nah, I'm not about to be on the constant grind and I'm not about to have all of these expenditures. It's not necessary. But then the aunt says, you know, Danielle, what you earn in two weeks there in America, it it takes like <clears throat> only a couple of what we earn. Excuse me, let me say it right. She says what we earn in a couple of weeks only takes you a couple of hours in the U.S. to work to earn. Which I don't know if that's a scientific truth, but she's saying, oh, we work for two weeks, you work for two hours, we make the same amount of money. So absolutely, you're going to support us. Absolutely, we want Johan to go there because. Two hours versus two weeks makes a difference. She talks about how she's 52 years old. She's worked since she was 11 years old and she has nothing to show for it. So they're putting all their hopes and dreams on Johan to go to America and do this two hours versus two weeks making all this money. And I'm just like, mm. 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 
Wait, what? What? Where's Redella? Where are you going? Yes, Crystal's saying, Where are you going, Redella? Where are you traveling to, Redella? Let us know. I want to know too. Amanda says, now it sounds like she's trying to retire. What happened to a new baby? Well, I think, I think Amanda, like, even if she's trying to, to retire from the rap race of New York, she's not old, old like that. So she can still have a baby and live like a calmer, chiller lifestyle in the Dominican Republic without the rat race of New York City. So I, I, I get what she's saying. Um, so anyways, Danielle is starting to question whether Johan is with her for the wrong reasons. Um, and says, you know, however this ends up, I really want you to have a good job. So you don't want my money. She goes on to say, I'm not supporting us and, and your family. And wonders if she wasn't American, if he would want this marriage so quickly. So that's where we leave them. Woo. Super went off on a tangent. Um, oh, wait. Raydella's going to London, Ireland, and Scotland. Woohoo! I'm about that life. You have to hook up with uh, Olivia. In London, I have a friend, Red, from Ireland. And do I know anyone? In, I don't think I know anyone in Scotland. But I'll get back to you, Rodella. I'll hit you up. Can't hold Rodella down. Facts. And Crystal says, we need to talk, Rodella and Amanda. I may be in London then. Facts. All the things. All the things. I love... I love the way Patreon subscribers who are travelers and doing the most hit us up in the group chat because I um yes to the group chat. I have some things to say. So let's let's talk in the group chat, y'all. Let's talk in the group chat. Hello. Okay. Again, side note. Okay, 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 okay. I'm an hour in. I've only done one couple, y'all, in an hour. How is that possible? How am I getting so super sidetracked? Okay, Valentine and Carlos. The first thing I want to know is how tall is, do you guys think Valentine is versus Carlos? Because when I look at the opening credits, it looks like Valentine is probably like 5'4", and Carlos is like 5'9". Do you or do you not agree? I don't know how tall they are, but but I'll tell you this. Valentine looks like a shorty two by four looking at the previews. And so that's where my mind went. I was like, is 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 Valentine like like a little shorty? Like a fit little shorty? And Carlos is like a little bit taller fit shorty. I don't know. But how tall do you think they are? Because Valentine looks either Carlos is super tall and Valentine is super short. I don't know, but it was messing with my mind. That's all I could think of this episode. Um, 
<clears throat> I know facts, Amanda. We cannot stand facts. I'm trying. I'm trying. A short king. Facts. So Carlos is insecure about his sexuality. You know, he's lived in a very um, close society. And he knows that Valentine doesn't want to hide his sexuality. He's very open and out of the closet and is comfortable in who he is. And so he's trying to like figure all that out, right? He also know that knows that Carlos feels at peace with himself and Valentine wants to come out of his shell just like how Carlos... Wait, 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 stop. Carlos feels at peace with himself and Valentine wants to come out of his shell and be at peace with himself as well. And so they're on, they're having, um, quick Google shirt says Valentine is 5'9". There's no way he's 5'9". There is no way. So he's probably like 5'6", facts. There's no way that Valentine's 5'9". Because if he's 5'9", that means Carlos has to be like 6'2". Because when I'm looking at that opening credit photo, Valentine is way, way shorter than Carlos. So, you know, Wikipedia can say he's quote unquote 5'9", but Hollywood 5'9 really does, like Crystal says, mean 5'6". That makes sense to me. So I would say that Valentine is like 5'6", and I would say that Carlos is 5'9". Carlos, I know you watch the show, so if I'm wrong, hit me up on my DMs and correct me, and I will correct everyone else. But for now, I'm going to say that Valentine's 5'6 and Carlos is 5'9. That's what I'm going to say. That being said, uh, they're going to Santa Marta. And we learn a lot about, and again, what I think I love about this season, you guys, is that I'm learning so much about uh, the gay community and about like coming out to your family and, and what that means for them and how important it is to them and how scary it is to them. And I don't think I probably spent any time thinking about any of that stuff, but they're going to stand some Marta and we find out that, that Carlos ran away at 16 because he didn't want his family to discover that he was gay. And so he went to Santa Marta, which is a progressive city versus other conservative Colombian cities that he's lived in and he's from. And I just was like, it broke my heart. Do you know what I mean? Like I, if I think of myself at 16, you guys, I, I just think of how I had no worries. I was like a tomboy. My biggest thing is I wanted to paint all the walls in my, my room black and my mom wouldn't allow me. So instead she made like a black comforter and a black, like black covers for my pillows and like black accessories, everything else. But what you're not about to do is paint your walls black. And like, that was like my biggest concern. Right. So I can't imagine having to, to think about like my sexuality and coming out to my parents and, and running away and all those things. So I feel for the LGBTQ plus community because 
not only are you dealing with just, you know, teenage angst, you have all of the other stuff. And so um, when I heard about Carlos, you know, running away, I just felt for him. I felt for him because you're running away from everything that you you know is true, which is your family, which is, it's sad to me. So, <clears throat> um, I know, I feel, I don't have kids, Vanessa, but I feel like I would be a good mama. I really, I really feel like I would be a good mama. I really do. <laughs> and I have an amazing, like y'all, I have an amazing mom and I know my Patreon subscribers, they know that. And sometimes like I want my mom to be on the show, but every, every time I like try to have her on the show, she hangs up and it's all a mess, but whatever. I, I definitely have been truly blessed by a great family for sure. Uh, Crystal says, reminds me of hearing Armando's story. I think like Hannah uh, buffered some of the sadness of his story. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I didn't think of that, but you're right. And I, I, you know what would be great, Crystal, is to have like the Armandos and the Carlos and the Valentines and the Kennys talk about their journeys. Like that would be a great special, like do an hour special. And they should have done it because June was, um, like the LGBTQ month, right? They should have done it in June where they did a special on coming out to your families. And that would have been great for all the young people that are in that same situation. So rather than having to run away like Carlos or having strife with your family like Armando or the... um knowledge of Kenny and and because he's a bit older having that experience and then sharing that experience I think that that would yes pride month thank you that would have been a great like one hour special where you're each one teaches one so you're learning from those people what their stories were like and what they had to go through so that that the young people don't have to to do the same thing. They don't have to run away. They don't have to have strife with their family, all the things. That, that's what they should have done. Again, go ahead and hire me, TLC. I have lots of great ideas. That being said, Valentine and Carlos are fighting in the car and they're fighting about nonsense because um, Carlos talks, Valentine doesn't talk. There's some whistling turns on music, turn off the music. It's like a whole thing. I started laughing because I'm like, you guys are fighting about some bullshit. Like, you're on this two-hour, three-hour drive. They're ne drives are never easy. Cro Cross-country trips are never easy. So, like, make a balance. Have a little bit of talking, have a little bit of whistling, have a little bit of music. Like, grow up. Um, And so... We know that Valentine and Carlos, it's been five days. They've been together. 
and Valentine is already feeling suffocated about the relationship in real life. They've been fighting, you know, in their year plus relationship online, which y'all know how I feel about online relationships. You're not really in a relationship if you're online and you haven't been in real life. So if the two of you have only spent five days together and you're already fighting, what does that say about your relationship? Quote, unquote, relationship. That's all I'm saying. Like, I'm not going to give you the credit of a year or a year and a half talking online because that's bullshit. This bullshit. I don't care. I don't care, y'all. And again, some of you have come for me, but like, you cannot say that you're in a relationship when you've never met. That is not a relationship. So five days in and you guys are fighting about water pressure. You're fighting about bullshit, whistling and all of that stuff. Valentine feels like he's losing his independence. I was like, what? That if you look at my notes, it says what? What? See it? What? You're losing your independence in five days? You're talking about how you're a grown ass man and you want you want Carlos to fall back. First of all, you're doing the most. Second of all, in my personal opinion, Valentine is 100 percent high maintenance. Um, you know, you, if you can't be together for a week and you're fighting constantly every day, and now you feel like, like you're losing your independence then really you shouldn't be in a relationship and this whole polyamorous stuff that you're talking about, then you're on the wrong show. You need to be on seeking sister wife, but seeking sister husband, because that's what you want. You don't want to be in a monogamous relationship and for you to spend a year plus with Carlos just to turn around and say like, hey, I want to bring a plus one. You're on the wrong show. That's how I feel. You're on the wrong show. You're doing the most. You clearly have a dude that loves you, that wants to be with you. Yes, he has his own personal issues, but he's also not trying to bring other people in the relationship if you can't be even in this relationship for five days how are you going to then bring someone else into the relationship i don't understand it if you can't be with this one person how are you going to bring a third in explain that to me valentine i'll wait As for I said, could it be that they are both trying to dominate the other since they are both tops? And Crystal says, these two, they're more like bickering friends. Like, I, I don't know, you guys. I'm just saying that if you guys are in this relationship, then be in the relationship. If it's not a real relationship, then call it what it is. But this whole thing is if, for me, you can't figure out your own individual relationship and now you want to bring a third into the mess that's just going to be messy and i don't understand it hey stevie real talk facts i'm just saying what i believe facts i feel like these are facts that's it hey dustin hey dustin hey so together for a week they both are feeling that it's not the relationship that they had online and again because I've been talking too much. I'm not going to go into what I believe a relationship with is, but I'll tell you, even if you're talking, if I'm, if I've been talking to Stevie for a year on, on YouTube. Okay. 
Does that make me in a relationship with Stevie? I'm just, I'm asking. I've never met him in real life, but you know, we have an online relationship. Am I in a relationship with Stevie? Please answer that question because that is the basis of what I believe. I believe that if you've never met someone in real life, you're not in a real relationship. You're in an online friendship, but you don't know that person. And then you're going to go ahead and say, hey, I want to propose to you in 90 days. I want to be married to you for the rest of my life. But yet y'all can't get to you. You guys can't stop fighting for five days. It makes no sense to me at all. You guys, it makes no, it has, it makes zero sense. Zero sense. Yes, you can you can say you're whoever you are online, and then less than a week, not even seven days, but five days, you guys can't get it together. You're fighting every single day, yet one of you wants to propose by the end of the two-week trip. Stop it. Just stop it. So let me know what you guys think. Do you think they will make it? Because Carlos is heartbroken. Uh, he, he didn't realize like in real life, the problems would be bigger than the problems that they had online and via FaceTime and all of that stuff. Again, I personally think that Valentine is super high maintenance and he's talking about how after five days he needs to take back his power. He grew up feeling powerless. His stepfather degraded him and demanded respect, but it wasn't reciprocal. Um, and so now as an adult, he acts out. And I was like, you know, that is some therapy shit. Like he needs to, to deal with that because he knows he's doing it as an adult, but he also knows he has that childhood trauma that he hasn't dealt with. And the fact that they're both Carlos and Valentine, um, are both dominant personalities. They need to figure that out. And I think S4A said something similar in the live, in the live chat, but you have two dominant personalities, but you have both dealing with childhood trauma, one with Valentine and his stepfather and Carlos running away from home and his family. Yet you, you're not dealing with the childhood trauma and you're bringing it into your adult relationships is a problem. And then at the end of the day, Valentine after two weeks wants to propose. Well, you can't propose. In my opinion, you shouldn't propose when you haven't dealt with your own shit. You haven't dealt with your own trauma because you're not coming into the relationship as a whole. And we've talked about this many a time on my show. And the example I always give is that you have two pillars that are holding the home up. If one pillar is crumbling, then you don't have a solid foundation. If the other pillar is crumbling, you don't have a solid foundation. So you have to come in as a solid pillar and as a second solid pillar to hold the foundation of the relationship up. And there's no harm or foul asking for help. And that's what you should do. Moving on. Uh, moving on Sherlon and Ariana I just want to say that Sherlon last week pissed me off 
because he basically said that he was a habitual cheater. This week, I feel like he explained himself a little better. But again, eh, this whole relationship is shaky, in my opinion. So I love how he calls his son Odin Papi Chulo. Papi Chulo? You sleeping, Papi Chulo? You've had enough to eat, Papi Chulo? I, I just love it. Anyways. Ariana's angry with Sherlon. She wants to work on the relationship. She felt they were an exclusive relationship. They were definitely, from what I saw last season, not an exclusive relationship. They were basically wham, bam, and thank you, ma'am. But because both of them decided to not use protection, boom, she goes back. And she didn't even know she was pregnant until months later. So now you have a baby mama. So I don't understand in there why she thinks that she was in this serious, exclusive relationship. Like, I, I, y'all, I just don't get it. And the fact that last season she was like, ah, I'm having a baby. That means we have to be married and live together and all this stuff just showed me her immaturity. And it showed me, like, she didn't know what the fuck she was talking about. And bringing it into season two she has that same vibe where she's like, I cannot believe that after a year you've been sleeping with other people and we haven't been exclusive. Exactly. What relationship? Who said y'all were in a relationship? When did that happen? I'll wait because I watched the full season last season, Ariana and girl, I love you. I think you're doing the best and doing the most and all the things, but I need to know from you. When did, what point did he say you and I are an exclusive relationship I want to be with you for the rest of my life. I want to marry you. When did that happen? Because if I missed it last season or this season, please point that out because that's not what we saw. So she's mad that she's seeing pictures from another girl on his phone. She feels jealous. Um, She feels like he's playing, quote, the fuck out of her. And she felt like they were not in an open relationship. And she she feels like she's looking at a fool. But again, like I said, what relationship and when? When did that all happen? When? Facts. That's a situation ship. Facts. And Geek Girl says she assumed just because they had a child together and her mom agreed with her after, quote, she came out of retirement facts that's those are you y'all in the live chat are preaching facts when again ariana when did y'all say you were in a committed relationship i want to know that and i want to know that right now because all the stuff that you're demanding and all the stuff that you're saying and your anger and all of that i don't quite understand it you were vacay bay. You banged a dude that you didn't know for more than a week without protection. You went back home, thought like, hey, woo, I had a great vacay. Didn't know you were pregnant. Found out months later that you were pregnant. And now Sherlon is on the hook and he should be in a relationship with you. How does that work? Like, explain that to me. I, I, nah, I just don't get it. So... Sherlon from the jump and I was I don't I didn't like what he said last week about you know just being a black man who's never been faithful has never been in a long-term relationship all that stuff I felt like he was totally stereotyping black men but whatever 
he this episode says that you know he has many p- friends with benefits he's never been faithful ever and i feel like that's a him problem so i want you guys to know that that's not uh um a black man problem i think that that's a sherlon problem um and at the same time, I'm not super mad at him because, again, he thought he was, like, doing his job. He has two jobs, one at, like, a swingers club, one on his father's boat. You know, he met Ariana along the way. He thought she was going to be a one-night stand, a one-week stand or whatever. And, you know, now here he is with the kid. And he's trying to figure out after a year, like, is there still attraction? Is there still a spark? Um, you know, does he want to be exclusive with her? Does he want to just co-parent with her? Those are all the questions he's asking himself. And if he's never been in an exclusive relationship, it's going to be that much harder for him to be in one because he's never done it. And he's what 30 plus something years old. So Yeah, he has a baby, but he's never been in a real relationship. And throw in long distance, uh, it might not work out, right? And so he's being honest in that sense where he's like, you listen, I'm a a late 30s man. I've never been in a long-term relationship. I've never been exclusive. I've never been faithful. You know, I work at a swingers club and a beach resort all the things. And so I'm living that lifestyle. And so for Ariana to have all these demands saying, you know, I thought we were exclusive. I want you to marry me. I want you to move to America, all the things. I can see how that's overwhelming for him because that's not who he is. And that has not who he's been his entire life. Right. So he's going to try to make changes, he says, but changes are going to take time. And they're going to take a lot of time because he's never been that person, you know? So, Ariana's mom, Karen, comes. She wants to know what Sherlyn's intentions are. She feels like her daughter deserves someone to be there for her and to be considerate of her feelings and to love her. She deserves more, all the things. And I was just like, first of all, didn't you guys say a few episodes back that this was going to be a trip where Ariana's going to be a grown ass person and, and do a trip without a chaperone? Yet, here's your mom and your last few trips. You had your sister and your mom, your sisters and your mom. You couldn't go a week without your mom coming because your mom has to take care of Odin, all the things. And I'm just like, Sherwin has all his family there. So it's not necessary that the mom comes. Ariana's mom comes to town. I don't know. I just felt like it was it was a bit immature on Ariana's part to bring her mom there. But then I'm not a mom. I get like you want to keep your your kids with you know people you know and all of that. And so we can have that debate. But anyways, her mom comes and she Ariana tells her mom everything that's happened during the week. And the mom is like, you know, besides him not sending the paperwork to be the dad and seeing other women, is this what you want for your life? Yada, yada, yada. 
And again, I'll say this. Y'all were on vacay. She was vacay bay. Y'all decided to not have protected sex. And so you had a baby. I don't think you can blame Sherlon for that. I think that it's a 50-50 blame. And Karen, if you're going to blame anyone, you need to look at your daughter who also lives at home and you had to come out of retirement to help her take care of her child. So like, let's look at the full picture of things. If you want to like place blame on Sherlon, I need you to look hard and dig deep and look at your own daughter who's, she's not 21. She's in her thirties. And from what I know, I don't even think she has a job and she lives at home and she expects you to take care of her kid. Like, Where's the responsibility in that? Like, it's so easy to blame the foreigner, but I, I need you to, like, circle back and look at your own child. Last and certainly least in my book is Gabby and Abby. Um, I'm calling Abby the scam artist of Love and Paradise 2022 of the year. They're still on the boat with Rodney and Selena. Rodney and Selena are Frankie's best friends. And remember that Frankie didn't come to Puerto Vallarta because he didn't want to break up the 10-year relationship between Gabby and Abby. But the secret's out. And, you know, Frankie wanted to marry Abby and move her to the U.S. And Gabby had no idea. And... She realizes that this whole time after Frankie left, that Gabby was lying to her. And Abby's like, oh, no, I was going to marry him. And then he's going to bring me to the U.S. And then afterwards, we're going to bring you over. And Rodney's like, I had no idea about that. Frankie never mentioned any of that. And I don't think that that was the case. And so there was this really crazy, awkward pause and anger. You could just see it building up because Abby's saying one thing that's untrue. Gabby's hearing it for the first time. Rodney's telling truth. And Selena's just looking there like, oh, it's about to pop off here. And we're on, we're on a boat in the ocean. Should I put my life vest on? Like, what's happening? Because if I need to pop out real quick, because things are about to get uh, get ugly, I don't want to be stuck on this boat. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so messy. I'm not messy. They're messy. So Gabby wants to talk um, and wants to really explain... And get an understanding of what's going on with Abby, who's the scammer of all scammers. Um, right. Yeah, how? There's still no thruple visa in the U.S., that part. And so Gabby's super upset. She's like, I feel like a fool. I feel dumb. I feel lied to. I feel stupid. How did you not tell me you really wanted to marry him? How do you keep this alive? We've been together for 10 years. You are the person that I loved. Um, you are the person that I, I 
I spent all my life with. You were my partner. Like, how do you not tell me this, this stuff? Abby says, you know, I needed him to come here and tell you he wanted to marry me. And I was like, what kind of bullshit response is that? Like, that's trash. You're trashed, Abby, for having this long-term 10-year relationship and having a full-on game plan to go to America, knowing that you're just in it for yourself. You're not thinking about your partner of 10 years. You're thinking about yourself and how you want to have a better future for yourself by scamming this man that you only spent five days with. It's so terrible. And then let's not talk about Frankie and him being in a vulnerable situation, him being single for only six months, this being like his rehab, vacay. He has, you know, a threesome for the first time in his life, feeling himself, all the things. And you took advantage of that. Like, let's talk about that, Abby. That's why I call you scammer because you should know better. Um, so she's, Abby's like, yeah, you know, I was really mad because I really wanted Frankie to come here and tell you that he wanted to marry me. I felt like that that was going to be okay. And Gabby's like, you know, are you my partner? Are you the love of my life? You know, if you are those things, you don't just don't run away with someone you barely know. You don't just lie to me. You don't just tell me nothing you explain to me exactly what your plan is and why that's your plan and and what's the long-term goal here. But you don't do any of that. I have to hear third hand. And now I understand why you were so mad and freaking out because you had your own game plan for yourself in disrespect to me and our relationship of 10 years. And then she goes on to say, why didn't you tell me? I don't understand. I can't trust you now. You know, we were two, but you stabbed me in the back. You know, she's like, I don't even know if you're a good person now because I'm looking at you like we all are looking at her like she's a scammer. And she goes on to say, Gabby says, you know, I trusted you. I don't understand who you are and I don't know if I can be with you. And Abby's like, don't leave me. You know, it was a mistake keeping the truth from you, Gabby. And this is like, listen, y'all, this was 100% gangster. When Gabby told Abby, don't cry, Abby. Don't cry. You wanted it this way. You wanted it this way. This is what you've done. I was like, mic drop. If I had my big microphone right here, I would drop it for you. Mic drop. Gabby's like, I'm not dealing with all this bullshit, emotional uh, manipulation. You wanted it this way. You know what you were doing. Don't cry. Don't be sad. I just don't know if I can be with you because I don't know if I can trust you. I don't know if you're a good person. It looks to me like it looks to all of us that you're a scammer and you're trying to make the best life for you. Even after 10 years and I've given you this great lifestyle, you're about yourself. So where do we go from here? What's her future looks like? Gabby says to Abby, love whoever you want. Do whatever you want to do. I don't think I can do this. And I was like, again, mic drop. 
you might think, Abby, that Gabby's a fool, but Gabby's like, I have your number. I've known your number for 10 years. I'm not about that life. You want to go ahead and lie and scam and scheme your way to the United States with this dude who, you know, you ain't really trying to fuck around with because, you know, you ain't really, you ain't really feeling him, but you know that he is vulnerable and he's coming off of, of a breakup. So you're going to go and exploit that for your own comeuppance? Nah, dude, I'm cool. That's what Gabby's saying. So I'm hashtag team Gabby. If you guys are watching the replay, let me know in the comments below. Hashtag Gabby or hashtag Abby and let me know why and I'll respond back to you. Um, you guys definitely make sure you like and subscribe. And for my Patreon subscribers, we're doing news and gossip tomorrow afternoon. And you guys, there's so much news and gossip. That's all I have to say. Thank you guys so much for being here. I know I talk longer than the normal. I spent so much time on the first couple. But listen, Danielle, Johan, Danielle, DM me because we need to talk. Bye for now.